What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope you've been enjoying the last couple episodes. Uh, I've had a great time. Please make sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to uh, your podcast. And make sure to share with your friends. Also, check out our Instagram slash Facebook account for a little contest we got going on for the first two weeks of this podcast. Uh, Enjoy this episode. I got my good friend Corey Michael on the show. Drops lots of dimes, lots of gems uh, for everybody who listens. So please check it out. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoy. With my man uh, Corey Michael. What's up? Uh, not George Michael, but Corey Michael. Yeah, I know we get confused all the time, but yeah, I'm sure it happens a lot. Yep. Uh, but uh, me and Corey have known each other for I want to say about eight years or so. Yeah. Uh, that sounds fairly accurate. Uh, we met through some mutual friends and uh, just kind of over the years have developed a little bit of a friendship. Uh, here and there, we lose touch, but. You know, when you live on opposite sides of the city and uh, soon to be opposite side, not even the same state. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it happens. Uh, but the cool thing is uh, me and Corey were both doing young adults ministry at the same time. Uh, we had a really good uh, connection. And every time that we hang out, that we pick things up, it just, you know, clicks. So I uh, wanted to have my, my man Corey on uh, for one of the... Uh, first episodes we got going on well i appreciate it man you said this is the second episode that you're doing this is uh, the third the third yeah well that's that's awesome i i'm honored to be on this i i told you this when we were texting but you know thanks for asking me to be a part it's actually just a fun little fact it's actually been a dream of mine to actually be on a podcast (laughs) and so uh you know just I, I don't feel like I have anything significant to say necessarily, but I've always wanted to be on one. So, <laughs> Well, that's how I felt starting this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, man? You do have a, you have a voice, and any time that I uh, get together with you or see stuff that you're doing, man, I always really appreciate uh, where you come from, your heart. And um, again, for me, it's awesome to see people that were doing ministry at the same time and maybe people who are in the same age bracket as me um, still pursuing God still uh, we talked about this uh, when we hung out a couple while, uh, a little while ago but um, it, it's awesome to see you're still in it because I mean the statistics show you know most ministers are out in the first I think what three years five years yeah something like that I think it was like three it's like somewhere between nine months and three years yeah 
yeah, so, I mean, to, for, for us to say that we've been doing this for at least eight, I know I've been in this for about 10. Yeah, um, me too. Then it, it, it's huge. It means we, we already beat the odds. Yeah, well, keep on keeping on, my brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so uh, th- this podcast is really just about fellowship community, building community, um, the importance of community. Uh, I share that uh, my Sunday school teacher used to tell me, he used to say it in Spanish, but he used to say, uh, tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. Um, and it really didn't make sense to me until I became an adult. Yeah. Like, like it didn't really uh, mean anything, you know, for a long time. Um but now I get it. Now I get the importance of not only having a, a godly or kingdom community, but uh, keeping that and how, how valuable it is and how important it is uh, to our faith and our walk. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the Bible says, you know, don't forsake the gathering of the believers. And we got we to gotta come together and be in each other's lives because uh, we, we can't do we can't do this alone. We can't do normal life alone. We can't do the spiritual life, our spiritual walk alone. Like you're saying, uh, that that phrase that your Sunday school teacher said, uh, I've heard it said uh, another way, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like, I same thing as you. Like, I, I didn't realize how accurate that was until... Uh, when I first launched our young adults ministry, um, you know, back in, I don't even remember what year it was now, six years ago or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but yeah, totally. It's, it's, uh, community is key to everything. Yeah. Especially, right. That's something that I noticed too, uh, especially with young adults. Um, you know, young adults have such a big, uh, friendships matter, I think almost more than, <clears throat> than a lot of times, especially if you're single. Yeah. Um, because you know you don't really have school where you see people every day so the the people that you keep are people that you want to be around for the most part right um so it makes a huge difference in who are those people that you want to keep around yep yep yeah i think um one thing too just for us as young ministers i know uh, there's a facebook group i think um you're a part of uh, but it was uh, basically for young ministers it's important that um we stick not so much that we stick together. I mean, yes, but um, that, that we build a community, that we build a network of people that are in that same boat as us. Um, because, yes, we need those people that are above us and we need those people that are below us. But we also need the people that are uh, right side by side in it and you know, can see things from our perspective. Mm-hmm. That's like when uh, Moses, you know, was leading the Israelites and they're fighting the different armies and the story about how he was... Uh, instructed by the Lord to hold up his staff, uh, you know, to go up on a cliff and hold up his staff um, while they fought the battle and his arms got tired. And so whenever he dropped his arms and the staff, then the Israelites began to lose. So he had Aaron and her come up beside him and, and hold his arms up. And, uh, you know, we obviously don't fight the the physical wartime kind of battles, but we got all sorts of battles that, that we have to fight. You know, there's the internal, the personal battles. There's the, the, the battles that we, we face when the enemy is trying to do stuff in our churches or in our groups or in our families' lives. And we need those people to, to be there with us and, and having people that like you, you mentioned a minute ago, like the other ministers that get it like that. I think, that is one of the um, the key things that I realized, like, 
uh, four or five years ago um, when I was just praying to the Lord and asking God for a, a word for my life for the beginning of the year like I always do. Um, yeah. The thing that he told me was it was going to be a year of intentionality with my relationships my my reach to people that are are like-minded because you know it's great to have you know again as a minister you know it's great to have the people that we're ministering to and we we develop friendships with with people but we can only let people in so far uh, yeah. because they they are not equipped to handle the kind of pressure that pastors sure. have you know and um and that was uh that was actually a mind shift for me because Back, especially around when the the valley started, was the young adults group um, that I had begun at our church. Um, I had this kind of prideful <laughs> rock star mentality that I, I <laughs> needed to kind of trailblaze and and figure figure it out, you know, myself. And um, yeah. totally unhealthy, totally wrong. You know the the reasons behind that. There's like twelve reasons that don't matter. But the important thing was <laughs> the Lord got a hold of my heart, and it was when I began being intentional with those relationships, not to try to get anything out of anybody, but just to to have somebody that could listen to me and understand what I'm going through. Man, that was yeah. that was a game changer for me. That that expanded yeah. into a whole lot of different opportunities I've gotten to have over the years of um, developed friendships. Um, that has, has been, you know, life, lifelong friendships. I know now sure. and just doing ministry. You're one of those guys, you know, like, like you said, like we get to talk kind of occasionally just because of life and ministry. And, you know, we devote a lot of our time and energy into the people we're leading. But um, yeah. when we surface for air and have, have <laughs> those connections, you know, with our, uh, right. with our, with our fam, uh, that's, that's so key. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge, man. I know it's something that um, I've always been big on relationships, big on community. Um, even before I was saved, uh, you know, all my friends, uh, they were, I was always very tight knit with whoever I hung out with. If I gave you the gave you the gave you my time, it's because I actually enjoy your company. It wasn't just because you know you're around or you're somebody to hang out with. Right. Uh, you know, where there's some people who just, you know, they hang out with everybody, it's whatever, and, you know, everything's very surface level. Right. Um, but I carried that on into when I when I really devoted my life to Christ. Um, uh, I know for me, I grew up in church, but I didn't really make that commitment on my own um, until after high school. Um, you know, during high school, I was into drugs and kind of messed up and did my own thing for a few years. Um, but it was really after high school that I discovered Christ for myself and, you know, be- really became a Christian. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, that change uh, of having to learn to let go of certain relationships um, and develop new ones was a huge was it was a huge battle. Uh, it was it was really difficult. Um, I don't know if for you or, or did you grow up in church or um, how did that kind of come about? Yeah. Um, so I gave my heart to Jesus when I was five. Um, I, I remember, yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, I, I remember I was sitting in my living room and my mom and I had been talking about Jesus and I, I basically was a good little Christian boy all growing up. But, uh, at, at five, I remember having that conversation about Jesus living in your heart. And, uh, I went into my room, closed the door, kneeled down and I prayed for Jesus to be in my heart. And, and so it's kind of been ever since then that I yeah. have been on this path, but 
as a lot of people uh, experience <laughs> in the high school years, <laughs> yeah, especially, right. you know, kind of going astray and doing the, our own thing. But, you know, even though I was part of church my whole life and um, involved in a lot of different ways, um, I have always, the, the, the aspect of community always eluded me um, really until I gave my heart back to Jesus right after high school as well. I was, um, I don't know how to really describe it other than I, uh, I was always the outcast for whatever mm. reason. I, man, I have a, a memory from back in preschool where <laughs> I was hanging out with these, uh, there was like five other preschoolers or whatever. And I remember one day they, they called me over and they said, Hey, you can't hang out with us anymore. And I was like, what? And I was just like devastated. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no way. And, and, uh, I had a couple other experiences like that in preschool too. <laughs> um, and then over the years, like with my friend groups, I've always been the last one to know things. I was always the last to, uh, be told about, you know, the, the party or, or like some kind of gossip or news or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and I was just always that like fringe person. So I never had a click or a, like a particular group that I really felt like I belonged to, even though I had my friends I hung out with a lot. Um, so that was kind of my experience all the way through high school. Um, just heartbreak after rejection, after sadness. And, and no, don't get me wrong. I had my part to play <laughs> in all of For that sure. too. You know, and, sure. uh, I mean, I was an angry person. I was bitter. I was, um, I was actually introverted, believe it or not. Um, I didn't, <laughs> uh, I didn't get along with everybody. I was hard to trust. I don't know. It was just kind of a, a weird kind of um, experience for me. But then uh, when I got into high school, my, my senior year, halfway through, um, I remember my family was going through a really tough time and um, I had kind of a, a conversion moment um, mm -hmm. when we, we had these ladies come over and pray over our house. And I, I felt like the Lord told me to get down on my knees and pray. Uh, and I'd never heard his voice before. And it yeah. was at, at that moment when things began to shift in how I viewed community, um, mm. because I realized that um, I was allowing how I perceived myself was allowing the kinds of relationships that I kept. Um, yeah, and you know, you you mentioned having to cut people out, and I had to do the same thing. Um, within the next couple of years, I began to kind of slowly um, move people out of the place of influence in my life uh, to more of outer fringe kind of relationships yeah. because I was, you know, I didn't know who I was. And if you don't know who you are, if you don't know your identity, then you're going to reflect whatever it is you're investing your time and energy into. Yeah. And, and that's why that phrase, you know, show me who your friends are and I'll show you your future uh, yeah. is really uh, key because if, if you have that part that you don't know what it is you're about or who you're about or what you stand for, then you're going to be swayed by the wind. Okay. And, uh, and so I, I didn't really understand the, the, the immense importance of the community aspects until, until that kind of conversion moment in high school. And then even all the way up to the point when I heard the call to be a pastor. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard for a lot of us to really get the importance, to get, you know, how, how big it is until um, you have that aha moment. 
Yep. Yeah, a lot of people. Um, for some of us, it's a very easy aha moment. Um, and then for others, you know, I've talked to plenty of people who, man, their aha moment was when they were in the back of a cop car with, with their with their boys. <laughs> yeah. You know? And the, it took that moment to realize, man, these guys ain't leading me the right way. Um, and then for some of us, it's as simple as being able to just look and reflect. Right. Um, you know, everybody has a different, different story. Um, but nonetheless, the power of community, the power of who you keep in your circle, um, I like what you said about the, who you keep as your, your sphere of influence, um, is huge. It's huge. Um, yeah, too many people make decisions for their life, whether spiritual or family or whoever, by, you know, and I'm talking Christians now, uh, specifically yeah, yeah. in a second, like, we make decisions influenced by people who are not connected to the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And that is, and I get it. I, I mean, it's easy when you're close with somebody, if somebody you For grew sure. up with, like, but, but when we're trying to make decisions that are connected to the heart of God, influenced by people who are not connected to the heart of God, then we're going to short circuit our pathway forward. <laughs> and, yeah. and so that's why those people have to be, um, with us in that it's like uh you know the the verse is always used for relationships like you know like romantic relationships about being equally yoked yeah. but it, it is not just that it is in every area that we need Absolutely. to have the people we are equally yoked with to, to be able to move forward at a at a pace that isn't gonna um you know be our demise <laughs> absolutely you know uh, me and my uh, friend carlos we actually broke that down in the, in the last podcast i did um where i talked about that same thing that equally yoked uh, like you said it's often referred to in your dating relationships or whatnot um but i think it comes just into as much into play with your uh personal relationships with your friendships with the people you keep um you think about being equally yoked that means that they're pulling alongside you for the same goal yeah so if they're not then they're either pulling alongside you being equally yoked or they're the dirt that you're plowing right <laughs> you know it, it's it's one of the the other um so it, it's huge um i know being in ministry they've seen so many people's lives be changed positively and negatively because of the circle they keep yeah I mean, it, it, it's just, it plays such a huge role. And I think sometimes we, we undervalue it. I think oftentimes we, we undervalue it. Yeah. Well, we're always looking for that sense of belonging, right? And so we, we glom to people that are like us, uh, that think the way we do. And then sometimes that's just developed over time and, um, you know, and for, for positive or negative. And yeah. like you said, and man, the negative stuff really sucks when it happens. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, being being a pastor and seeing how the, the negative aspect of community can affect church life and home life and, and everything. Yeah. Like, even, even within the body. body. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen... <laughs> I've seen small groups over the years that, you know, they're really healthy and they're great and they're building the church. And then all of a sudden, some one of the group gets offended <laughs> about something and then yeah. they kind of pull everybody into it with them. And then they leave the church and leave this gaping hole, you know, yeah. and like that's a negative aspect of of community. And it's just so it's it's the division uh, you know, of the body. And, and that is always a heartbreak for me, even when the animosity, you know, the unified animosity, not the unity yeah. that they have, um, isn't against me specifically, but it's just against, you know, if it's against one of the other pastors or 
you know, against sure. a group of people at the church or whatever, even if it's not against me, I still take it personally because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, why is it that we as Christians like spend so much time hating on one another? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like how much time is wasted by being in a communal group that just tears people down or sure. or tries to push our own agenda or, or whatever it is, you know? And yeah. it, it's always heartbreaking to me because I'm like, man, how how much more could we get done if we weren't at each other's throats? Or or yeah. how much how much more could pastors get done if we <laughs> if we didn't have to manage people's preferences? I've been telling yeah. people recently <clears throat> how um, you know just going into the next season of um, uh, ministry uh, for my wife and I is really to focus on people that um, may never ever step foot inside of a church. Mm. Um, people that want to know the answers to spiritual questions, but either feel embarrassed or uh, outcast or like they'll be judged or or whatever. And I'm like, those are the people yeah. that reach kind of in a way for a season rather than <laughs> uh, interacting and managing the, like I said, the relationships with the Lord that these other people are having. Because, um, yeah. you know, it's like how how much more could God's people get done if if we stopped saying no to God more than non-Christians did? Right. As a community of people. Wow. Yeah. And drawing together and being, you know, that old phrase, let's let's as Christians be known for what we're for, not for what we're against. That's <laughs> unfortunately kind of a cliche thing now, but if you look at the, the heart and the root behind it, um, it's because when we come uh, together, we make a statement. You know, mm -hmm. whether we're Christian or not, there there's power in in the unified voice. And I mean, man, we see that all the way back at the Tower of Babel. The Lord yeah. is like, you know, this this isn't good <laughs> because <laughs> humans can do whatever they put their minds to when they work together. And and so you you now flip that to how God intended community. Um, yeah, you know, you see that that negative stuff that can happen. But then there's the positive stuff too, which think God happens more often than right. the negative, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes the, the negative stuff makes a bigger splash. Totally. And, no, that's, you know, that's and, the stuff. And, and it hurts the, uh, the, the person who doesn't know, you know, about God. Like you're saying, there's so many reasons that people don't want to go to church. And one of the biggest reasons is because of people. Yeah. Man, well, that's sad because the Bible says they should know us by our love. Right. But instead they know us by, you know, oh yeah, those, those hating people. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a personal uh, frustration of mine that um, that is a, a common view of of Christianity because that's not how the Lord intended. You know, it's it, we are to be known by our love. We are to be known by how we treat people. Um, yeah, I, I think a good example of of that exact um, thought is um, when somebody experiences. Uh, a crisis or a tragedy um, and how people almost come out of nowhere in some yeah. cases to support that person, you know, whether it's helping with the funeral arrangements or prepare meals for them and their family totally. or, you know, do the media services, speaking as media guys, we get it right. <laughs> uh, or, or whatever it is. Um, and it is when people come to, to surround 
the brokenhearted. And, and I think that's a great uh, picture of the verse in Psalm that says, the Lord draws near to the brokenhearted. Yeah. He uses the people. Yeah, he uses people to, to accomplish that. And, yeah. um, if, and that's why it makes me sad when people do isolate themselves from community. Do yeah. even, even people at church that attend on a regular oh, basis that choose not to include people in on their lives because, well, maybe they've been hurt too many times or, you know, they just, it's just their business. They don't want other people to know time and time again. I can't honestly think of a single time where somebody has isolated and gone back to church after a tragedy. Um, mm. if, if they isolated because yeah. you know, you get up in yourself and, and it always makes me so sad. I'm like, I couldn't imagine going through a tragedy, not having people around me, not having God in my life to, you totally. know, surround me with people that, I can do life with like real yeah. life, not, not based on a message and coming together for that, not based on a potluck or whatever, you know, but like mm. there's people that are in my life that I have chosen to let in again to a certain degree. There's a certain people that for I sure. let in influence, but there's people that I let in to pray for me, know what's going on. Cause if, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if, if I don't let people know what's going on in my life, I can't get mad at them for not being there. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> Don't you love that? You know, when you're talking to somebody, well, you know, I was going through this for the longest time and nobody knew and nobody reached out to me. Right. Did you tell anybody? No. Yeah. <laughs> or the people that go to the hospital and they're like, oh, I don't want any visitors. And as yeah. pastors were like, okay, well, that's not going to happen because then, you know, a year from now you're going to be bitter because nobody came to visit you. It's like, well, you yeah. said nobody come visit you. So I just made it a personal goal. Whenever somebody says, don't come see me, I go anyways because I'd rather <laughs> them be mad at me for caring too much than, than not right. caring enough, than not not caring enough. to go for sure. with them, you know? For sure. Um, I, I, one thing I've seen a lot lately, um, and I've seen it more with people around maybe our, our generation um, or maybe a little bit older. Um, but I've seen this popular like secular trend where there are people in the body who think or who are adapting this way of thinking of, I don't need people. Like, and it's, I've really noticed it a lot um, lately where I've just seen a trend of, you know, I'm good. I'm a good person, whatever. Um, but I don't need people to do, to do me. Um, and it all comes back to that, this, this worldly way of thinking of, I'm just here to do me. Right. Um, and I've seen it really hurt people because I see people who the same people were doing great when they involved themselves in community. And then all of a sudden they get this idea of, well, I don't really need people. You know, um, it's not that I'm antisocial. I just don't need people. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, if you're, if you're gifted or you're passionate or you're driven, you know, then you're kind of like, and, and I mean, honestly, like as, as ministers, we can get into that mindset real easily. Totally. You know, we, we forget where we came from. We forget who God has surrounded us with. And we're like, we're, we're fine. You know, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need the, the community at the level that we should kind of mentality, you know? Yeah. And I think, unfortunately there is a, um, you know, not, not in every community, not in every circle, but there is a, a way of doing church where it's for me to give you an assignment and you to grow and do kind of things on your own and whatnot. But the real model of discipleship isn't played out as much in church. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, where you have somebody who's really mentoring you, who's really pulling you along and really checking in on you and trying to do life with you, trying to do community with you, as opposed to, you know, giving them a homework assignment and let me know how this goes next week and we'll catch up in our small group. Right. Right. What would you say? I know you're asking me all the questions, but I got a question for you. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say, you know, because this is a podcast about fellowship. um, Yeah. What would you say to somebody that feels like they don't have that uh, relationship maybe with their pastor or they don't have the community? Like, you know, there's some people that don't have a young adults group at their church. Yeah. A lot of churches, you know. A lot of churches don't. <laughs> um, or, or, you know, people that feel like they don't have um, the kind of community that they need or access to the kind of community. What would you – I'll answer this too, but I'm, I'm curious about what you would say. Yeah, I would say two things. One is um, make sure in your heart that this is where God wants you, because I think that's the first step. If if God wants you at this to be in this house, um, whatever you know, church your your fellowship you're a part of, then it'll come. You got to let it develop. You got to give it some time. Um, but if God wants you there, He wants you there. If you get and you'll know that because you're getting fed, and every week, you know, that there's still change in your heart, whether there's not. Um, you know, true mentorship, discipleship going on. Um, give it time because somebody will pop up. Eventually, you'll come in to counter with an elder, with a deacon, with the usher, whatever the case is. You'll, you know, shake hands with the right person or you see somebody wearing a T-shirt that's like, you know, something that you relate to. Oh, yeah. they got a Dunder Mifflin shirt. They watch The Office. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you start talking to them and next thing you know, you realize, oh, this guy's been in this game for a lot longer than I have and, and they'll feed you. To help you with that part, um, so I would say that. And two okay. is, um, um, you know, sometimes you just have to really look for it. Sometimes we look we look for more outs than we look for ins. Yeah, we look for for. It's easier to try to. Oh, this is a good reason why I don't have to go. Right. You yeah, know, versus right. why do I need to be here? Um, I broke it down, and uh, me and my friend Jesse broke it down in our first episode. <clears throat> but one of the biggest things, especially when you're becoming a new Christian. Um, when you believer is there are seasons where Christ has to be enough, where Christ has to be enough for you to build relationships with people. Cause I know for uh, me and him, we're talking about how we didn't really fit in per se to the church that we were a part of, but one, we believed God had called us there yeah, and Christ was enough. So there's people that we didn't necessarily have the most in common with, but we had Christ in common and that was enough to fuel a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so good, man. I I would um, just add on to that. Like, I mean, first I'll say, you know, the calling thing. Like, is this still your assignment? That is, that is a huge part yeah. of it. Because if and you have to understand, like, if the Lord is still calling you there, despite what it feels like, yeah. if you are still called there, then that means that He has given you everything that you need to succeed. You oh, know, right. and and so don't don't bail because there's. Uh, uh, reward in the obedience factor you know and uh so there's that but then also um i've had conversation so i kind of have two answers to this one is to ministers and one is to just general people um to the the ministers um to the other pastors and leaders i'd say you know with the with especially with technology today um (laughs) there is no excuse that you can't find community in in some kind of way you know like like the group that i invited you to you know the leading group which is a fantastic 
podcast about um, not being in charge, but having leadership responsibility and how we handle that. Um, that's yeah. a community. They have a Facebook group, <laughs> you know, so you can yeah. have community that way. But then there's also other podcasts. There's one that I listen to called the Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Um, mm. That is, he just, uh, he's a Canadian pastor, interviews people from all over the world, all different kinds of um pastors from different denominations, different leadership roles. And it's yeah. amazing, just like this last year, I listened to a ton of those and how much I grew uh, by getting insight from people that I'll probably never meet any of them. But it yeah. was a, it's a sense of community for me because I'm learning and having my iron sharpened by iron still in a yeah. different way, you know? Um, the other thing for people that, um, just in general people, whether you're a pastor or a, a person attending a church or person that might be listening to this and not attending a church. Yeah. Uh, we have a responsibility uh, for who we are, how we Absolutely. show up. Um, I have had a couple conversations with people who have really struggled with finding community and they find they struggle with it not just at church. Um, they find they struggle with it in their family, they struggle with it in their uh, school, they struggle with it at their workplace. And yeah. um, both of these conversations that I, I've had specifically, um, I had to have the conversation with, you know, because their mentality was, well, maybe I don't belong here anymore because nobody is connecting to me or whatever it is. Uh, oh, you took a snapshot. <laughs> uh, yeah, trying to. The, uh, the <laughs> conversation that I've had has been, it can't possibly be everybody else's fault that you don't feel connected to. <laughs> yeah. What's the common denominator here? Right. And that's what I said. I said, there is a common denominator here. One of these conversations I had with somebody who was great, really teachable. The other was with somebody that I felt like could beat me up. So it was kind of a scary <laughs> conversation. Uh, but I said, you know, it can't always be everybody else's fault that you don't feel connected to, that you don't feel like you have community. You've got to look yeah. at if it's happening in multiple areas of your life that you're finding this disconnect, that is something with you. That is something in your heart. Maybe you're looking for the wrong kind of community. Maybe, maybe yeah. the Lord is blocking the certain kinds of community. Maybe... Maybe you are uh, trying to fit a uh, square peg into a round hole. Yeah. Uh, you know, or maybe you're looking for, um, you might not ever say it this way, but maybe you're looking to use people to get you to the next level up. Mm. Uh, you know, and of course we would never say that, but in our for minds, sure. subconsciously, we think, who can I be connected to that's going to connect me to this person, connect me to this person so that I can not be at the place that I'm at now. Um, and yeah. that manifests itself in so many different ways that we're not even fully conscious of, um, except for what stems from our heart, what we're looking for. And, you know, it's a sense of belonging. That's, that's what we want. It stems from the, the, the feeling of wanting uh, of being wanted, of, of being needed. Um, and so we will um, try to make these adjustments in our life to to see those things happen. But um, we just keep running into walls. And, and so we don't feel like people are, we're not connecting anywhere. And um, But yeah. we have we have that responsibility too if we don't feel like we're, we have a community to belong to. Yeah, and then there's the other people who are looking for the perfect group. Right, yeah, sorry. That group was cool, but, uh, but this or that. And, you know, they're... <laughs> Yeah, there's a person who's always searching for the perfect thing because they know they're not. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they're looking for somebody or some group to swallow them up and, and make them whole. But reality is only Jesus <laughs> can do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it happens all the time, man. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's so crucial that all of us, whether we're um, just the, and I hate to say like the average churchgoer, um, you know, cause that sounds funky to say it that way, but you know, just the regular attendee or the person doing ministry, you have to find a community. You have to find a network of, of people, like you said, that are equally yoked. Um, and that goes so many ways because if you're a leader, equally yoked doesn't mean another person who comes to church, mm. you know, cause you're, you're, you're more yoked than they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, spiritually, you're, you're buffer than them. So you're going to be dragging them and the plow. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah you gotta so you got to find people that are the same boat. boat. Yeah, yeah. Same, same level. level. Um, and it's so important and not to say that you ditch the ones that are under, but um, you, you have to find people that are in that same level as you in that same place. Um, and it's huge. And I think uh, you mentioned it a little bit, but so many pastors easily forget that so many ministers easily forget that I got to have people under with me and over me. Um, 360 degree leadership. Yeah, because it, it, I mean, I know a number of uh, ministers and not, I'm not going to name drop or anything like that, but who they don't disciple anyone. Mm. Their discipling is from the pulpit, uh, which yes, that is, but no, it's not. Right. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that there's a certain degree of that, but you also have to, there has to be somebody you're really building up. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you're building the body. Yes. You're encouraging the body. You're, you're empowering them. Um, but there has to be somebody you're really pouring into. Right. Uh, and, and it's huge. Um, and then you also, and this is the more common one, you have to have somebody above you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, so many times, you know, especially uh, big leaders, we, 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 the bigger you get, the, the harder it is to find someone who you know, has been there. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times we just, oh, they have this small difference or this different. So, you know, they can't really give me input because, you know, they're in a different denomination or, you know, they're in a different house and they don't know, you know, what I deal with in this ministry. Right. You know, um, and it's not the case, man. Again, Christ, Christ is enough. That's enough to, to get us to, to bring us together. Uh, and there's so much division in the body um, because we don't see that. Mm. That that has to be the, the focal point. Do we all love Jesus? Are we all trying to make his name known? Cool. The theological differences, we can put those aside, you know, unless they're completely blasphemous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, we, we don't add books to the Bible or anything like that, you know, but overall, if, if our goal is the same thing, to see people's lives changed in an amazing and powerful way, then that's got to be enough. Yeah. That's got to be enough to bring us together. Yeah. Um, and, and that's got to be a way that the church as a whole builds fellowship. Yeah. I like to describe, um, you know, denominational differences, uh, denominations in general, like ice cream. So I used to work yeah. at, I used to work at Leatherby's and, uh, which for those listening that don't know what Shout that out is, to Leatherby's. it's, uh, it's an ice cream parlor, uh, and they have food and stuff like that. And I worked there for four and years. Best and I care in the world. Oh yeah, totally. I didn't even like caramel until I started working there. Um, but anyway, I you know I was a part of the process of making the ice cream at times and, and seeing how it was done. And every single ice cream is made 
first as vanilla. Uh, they mm-hmm. all have the same vanilla base, and then everything is added to them uh, a little bit later in the process to give them their oh. flavor. You know, the the chocolate mint or the the cookie dough or or whatever it is, and. Uh, you know, different people have different tastes. So I hate chocolate yeah. mint. I think it's disgusting, but I love cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's spumoni, which has the random fruits and nuts um, and right. uh, weird flavors all together. And, you know, churches are like that. Like, like the Lord knew that community was going to have the same kind of base, you know, Bible-believing base, yeah. but that we're, that we're meant to all be in the same ice cream shop together. We all have the same vanilla base. You know, Jesus is the Savior, the soon-coming King, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, the healer, you know, who died and rose again. Like, that's the vanilla base. But yeah. then we have our differences that make us attractive as organizations. You know, people say, oh, I hate the organized church, but we are organizations <laughs> for a reason. Uh, yeah. to, to I'd rather be in the organized church than the disorganized church. <laughs> totally. Man, amen. <laughs> but we have a responsibility for what, uh, you know, we attract certain people that are attracted to certain things. They have different for flavors sure. that they like and, and that's okay. And so we don't have to bypass, you know, so I've grown up in a four square church, but I don't have to bypass the you know, the, the Baptist church or the, 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 um, the assemblies of God or whatever, you know, like, like we're in this together and there is actually power in, um, going out, coloring outside the lines, (laughs) uh, in terms of, you know, in our community and, and getting perspective. And that, that's been one of the greatest, um, joys and perspective builders for me is having people that, um, haven't believed exactly what I've believed in the non-essentials, you know, and the mm-hmm. essentials, obviously that that's, what's important. But, um, even people that don't believe even the, all the same essentials as me, like it's been an opportunity to learn and grow other people's perspective, which helps me For minister sure. to them, even if they're another minister, <laughs> you know, Yeah. but we, we have to be open to who the Lord brings into our life, um, for a reason. For sure. And I, I think that's huge. Um, you know, and this is a little bit outside the fellowship context, but uh, it's huge to learn to be mature enough to learn from those that you don't agree with. Mm. Because I might not agree with, um, you know, certain you know theological beliefs as, you know, XYZ pastor. But if I look at their thriving ministry, they're doing something that I can learn from. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know? um, like you said, it might not be my flavor. But they're doing something that I can learn from. And um, there's so many, uh, again, it's a little off topic, but I just, you know, it's, it's in my head right now. Um, but I've, I've talked to different ministers who will say, oh, man, that guy doesn't believe the way I do. So, you know, and they get off on this tangent. And I'm like, dude, that guy is killing it, bringing people into, into the church, into the body. Yep. And you want to get mad because they, you know, don't speak in tongues or whatever, you know, whatever the case is. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's peanuts. Yeah. Well, I'd yeah. say that it actually, all of that does fall under the same idea of community, just more of a meta narrative of the whole thing. Because when we, I'll use that phrase again, unified animosity, if we're finding ourselves... <laughs> You know, with other people agreeing and verbally attacking these other pastors that are on the same team as us. Yeah. 
you know, then we are we are fragmenting the community that the Lord has placed us in as a whole. Not mm. not just the small group, not just the church, but the big C church. That that community, like yeah. that, is what the world needs from us. Is for uh, is for those barriers to break down. That's why I think there's yeah. really cool stuff happening in Sacramento because the the um, there was barriers that are breaking down. Denominations are coming together to yeah. have worship nights and to do conferences and stuff like that and learn from one another and each other. And when we are now, that's not to say we don't hold people accountable for, for things. Sure. And you know, if they're purposefully leading people astray, or maybe they don't even realize they're doing it, you know, but that's yeah. why we have to be at a place where we can maturely recognize those things. And if we have a relationship with those people, then to go to them and talk to them about it, not talk to other people about it and bring everybody <laughs> yeah. alongside of you, because again, that's fragmenting the community. Starting a riot. Church. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> if you don't have uh, if you don't have that kind of relationship, like if it's a, a mega church pastor or somebody that you're just like, uh, I don't agree with them. You don't need to go tell everybody about that and yeah. drag drag that person's name through the mud because the reality is they are still doing work for the Lord. And this is where the grace of God covers, right? Like the grace yeah. of, of God covers people uh, in their mistakes, um, but he holds people accountable. We'll all be held accountable. Um, but we, we are one big community, um, and, and that we gotta, we gotta constantly think of ourselves in, in that context. Yeah. And I think it's important that we understand that a lot of times our role is more to lead others than it is to correct someone. You know, um, I think about, uh, in, uh, Acts and I, you know, can't tell you the scripture off the top of my head, but I remember the story, um, where, they were they were basically about to persecute him, kill him, whatever. And they said, you know, well, these other guys, they all said right. that they were doing stuff in God's name, and it didn't work out. Right. So if these guys are doing stuff and it's not in God's name, it's not going to work out. And if they are, there's nothing we can do to stop them anyway. Yep. Yeah, that was the meeting of the Pharisees when they were trying to to deal with. I th I think it was Peter and John, uh, I think so. and they're and they're like, remember this one other guy who tried to start something similar and it ended up dying after you know just a little bit of time because that wasn't a godly thing. But if this is from God, you're not going to stop it. So what's the point in trying? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so it's so big, man. man. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, I, I think man, we, we had a lot of really, really good stuff. stuff. Um, really <laughs> thankful you. Uh, we did. Man, yeah, this is a really, really great, great, great podcast. podcast. Um, thanks, thanks so much for, for being, being a part, part of it, man. And uh, I, appreciate I appreciate you and your time. And um, again, yeah, for those of you who don't know Corey, Corey uh, they, they can follow, follow you on the, the, the social media, media yep. and whatnot. whatnot. Yeah. Uh, um, what's your handle? handle? Instagram, Twitter. Um, it's the Corey Michael. So just T H E Corey C O R E Y Michael, just like it sounds. Um, and I've got some different things, you know, personal stuff on there. And uh, I have a, a sort of blog thing that I do called Jesus ASAP as well that you can find linked to on those things. So yeah, it's very much nothing like Rocky ASAP. But... Yeah, not 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 anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he puts out some really good content, man, and um, you should definitely uh, give Corey a follow, if uh, not just for the sake of uh, seeing uh, him and his uh, beautiful family. So, uh, yeah, man, appreciate thanks it. Thanks again. Appreciate you. And uh, thanks for uh, helping me launch this thing. thing.
Yeah, you got it, bro. Super excited for the the future of this podcast. I know it's going to be cool. I love the the context of it and, and the goal and the and the purpose of it, just to bring people into a greater understanding of community. And uh, I think you're the man for the job. Uh, thank you, bro. Thanks again to Corey Michael for being on the show. Make sure you follow him, the Corey Michael and uh, ASAP Jesus blog. Uh, got some awesome content. Make sure you check that out, and also make sure to like, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. Uh, check out the contest we got going on our Instagram slash Facebook for a way to win some stickers and a Starbucks card. Uh, check it out, and we'll see you next week with another episode. God bless.